0: The teaching ministry of Judah or a man called of God to compel consecration, provoke repentance, and inspire worship by the preaching and teaching of God's word and the miraculous demonstration of God's power. God's word is about to hit you as life and strength. Get ready for an encounter with grace. If we have questions, we'll take them afterwards. 2 Timothy 3 16. Once again, once again, such a joy to, you know, just study in this direction, teaching in this direction. This is, for me, the fulfillment of my ministry, and I really hope that you are really maximizing the moment. Now, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. We explain the text in the opening conversation Last week, we explained what we mean when we say all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. We explained that it means that the documentations are valuable when they are properly interpreted, properly applied, they are valuable. It doesn't mean that everything that was written in Scripture is what God said. No. He says, and it's profitable. Everybody say profitable. profitable. For doctrine. For reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Let's see verse 17, please. That's the man of God. How many of you were in church when I talked on Elijah, the man of God? And we established what it means to be a man of God. It's not talking about a pastor or a preacher. A man of God is simply one who represents the interest of God. That the man of God may be complete or mature, thoroughly equipped, for every good one. So I will speak on the prophet of scriptures tonight. The prophet of scriptures. Hallelujah. Let us pray one more time. Lord, we trust that your word will do us good as it has always done us good. And once again, we depend on you for the impartation of light, comprehension, the edification that heaven gives this is our portion tonight and forever. In Jesus' name, we pray. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. The greatest essence, the greatest purpose, the ultimate gain, the ultimate aim in investigating the scriptures is to profit from it. Why are well, we taking our time to search, to speak about original manuscripts, to speak about the canon? to speak about interpreting correctly. We are doing all of that so that we can profit from Scripture. We are not doing all of this just so that we can know Scripture, because knowing is a means to an end. We are not doing all of this so that we can boast as Bible scholars, and just like I was encouraging you some seconds ago, so that we can defend and, you know, live as original remites, We are doing all of this so that we can profit from scriptures. In other words, it's not complete until you profit. All your study, all your investigation, all your analysis, it's not just to make you a Pharisee. The Pharisees were very, very versatile with scriptures. They could quote the Torah. I mean, in those days, the criteria for being a Pharisee was so strict, many of them could quote the entire Torah, most portions of it offered You have to memorize, read this, learn it again and again. Yet, they did not profit from it. When Jesus showed up, he said, search the scriptures. You think that you know the scriptures and you don't even know me? Search the scriptures. Because you are not profiting from it. In them, you think you have eternal life? Search the scriptures. So, the essence of searching is to profit. We are not searching just to become professors of theology. There are many professors in university. Professor of Divinity, Professor of Geology, Professor of Bible, Professor of Bibliology. But there is no... When you see their life, you discover there is no profit from the Scriptures. They have searched it, as it were. They have investigated it. They have analyzed it. But towards the end, it should be towards the end of profiting. Everybody say profiting. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, Paul says that the things that were written at time, that is the documents of previous Scriptures, were written... So that we might find hope and comfort in them. That's prophets. The reason why these things were written and documented is not just so that we can cram it. It's not so that we can win Bible quiz. It's not so that people can call us Bible scholar. and Bible scholar. It's so that the hope and the comfort that this thing is supposed to give, the learning, will be our portion. time we pick the Bible to read, to investigate, let it be that you are reading towards the end of profiting. There are many people who pick up the Bible, and the goal of picking it up is not to profit. They want to fulfill our righteousness. They want to satisfy their conscience. When they are asked to do with the Bible today, they want to say yes. But if that's all you are reading for, you are not going to really squeeze out all the juice that is in this scripture. The things that were written aforetime, were written for our learning that we true patience and comfort of the scriptures. So the learnings that we obtain from scripture is supposed to profit us. It says we might have hope. You see many Christians hopeless and yet they read the Bible. How do you read the Bible and you feel hopeless? Because you are not reading it with a profit mentality. Jesus read the Bible, he read the scriptures. But he didn't just read it for reading's sake. He didn't just read it to have have a superior argument. He didn't just read it to argue with the, you know, the philosophers of his age. He read it for profit. You must read the scriptures for profit. John chapter 6 and verse 63. The flesh does not profit anything. It is the spirit that profits. The words that I speak to you, they are spirits and they are life. So I was saying when you listen to me, don't just listen as a fan, don't just listen as a follower, don't just listen as a church member, don't just listen as a remite. listen with the intention to profit. You must begin to ask yourself, waiting again, after this sermon, waiting again. Did I gain hope? Did I gain patience? Did I gain comfort? Did I gain revelation? Did I gain edification? Did I gain knowledge? Waiting I get The essence of of scripture is profit. Everybody say profit. When you speak the word, when you hear the word, when you sing the word, when you do the word, all of that is supposed to bring profit. You are supposed to be a businessman. I said, well, you approach the word. Have a business approach to it. That's why scripture is serious business. It's for profit. It's not for entertainment. It's not for fun. It's not to while away time. It's not to tick a religious register. It is for profit. I tell people again and again, and I've said it here before, if you come to this place, you hear the word and you're not improving, there's no edification to your life. You should really consider changing where you hear the word. How can you be in a church where the word is preached one year, six months, two years, and there is no profit? It's a shame, really. So the goal of coming to a church is not so that pastor will not be angry; it's so that we can learn patience, comfort, hope—the prophet of scriptures. Hallelujah! Psalm one one nine and verse one sixty two. One I rejoice at your word like him that has found a great spoil or a great treasure. The word spoil here refers to spoils of war or treasures of war. You see, many. I am looking forward to a time in the body of Christ where the excitement towards the hearing and teaching of scripture will supersede the excitement towards music. Every time I see the excitement, people show Towards other church activity. Music is not bad, church music especially. But every time I see the excitement people show, people can travel from here to Lagos to attend the experience. And some people cannot attend Bible study in their location. It's a mystery. It's a misery. This man says, I rejoice at your word, like I found great treasure. And for him, the word was not just some, some, some sound from the mouth of God, it was treasure. He would leap for joy and say, yeah, I got it. When last did you rejoice? Maybe because you have not been profiting from it. We cannot insist that a generation fake their joy at the preaching of the word, and the hearing of the word, when they are not profiting from it. So beyond being instructed to hear and to investigate, you must be instructed to profit. If I sit down for seven hours and hear summer, And there is no profit of what use. I like the way Peter said it in John chapter 6, towards the latter verses, Jesus says, won't you also go? He says, where can we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. And we have come to believe and to know that you are the Christ. Peter said, listen, where else can we go? It is only with you that we can profit. It is only with your words that we can profit. He said "It's in Luke of 5. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. We saw the profit he got by the word of Jesus. Peter had come to understand that there's profiting in the word. As a Christian, you must understand the profits of the word. You must learn to derive profit. Derive it. When you are balancing your book sheets of life, you must say, uh-huh, I gain this one by the word. I gain this one by the word. I gain this one by the word. There are many Christians who have blanked about how much they attend church, but if you ask them or if you check out what they have profited from church, you can see very little things. It's not good. Don't just come to church. Don't just read the Bible. Don't just attend the word Conference. You must learn how to profit from the Scriptures. Hallelujah! The Word of God in itself is a profitable thing. It's a profitable treasure. It's a profitable spoil. However, there are principles that can help us to maximize the profit. Jesus spoke a parable in Matthew 13, the parable of the sower, or you can call it the parable of the seed, or even the parable of the soil. And some people profited 30-fold. Some will profited 60-fold. Some will profited 100-fold. Because there are different principles in the profiting of scriptures. Matthew 27. Jesus says, The fool hears my word. He does not do anything about it. The wise man hears my word. He his life upon it. When the day that the storm shall come. It will blow. It will rage. But he will stand. He profits from scripture. Not just because he hears it. But because he does it. Many word seminars. Many bible schools. Many preaching activities. Many bible Many bible studies. But uh we have to check is there profit or are we wasting our time? Hallelujah. There are principles to profiting from scriptures. First Timothy four fifteen. He says, Meditate on these things and give yourself wholly unto them so that your profiting might appear unto all. If you're profiting from scripture, if you should that anger issue will soon fade out. That issue of lust and masturbation will fade out. That issue of lying and teaching t- will fade You can't say there's profit, but it's not evidence. No. Meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them. We say, well, it's not working. But are you giving yourself wholly to them? The word wholly is completely. Absolutely. Many people say the Bible is a scam. The Bible is not profiting. The thing is not working. That business of scripture and Bible that they say we should do, there's nothing in it. But the, are you doing this the way they say you should do it? The way they say you should do it. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. Completely. That thy profiting may appear to all. Aye. There's no greater Christian witness than people who knew you before saying, you are changing you. But what is working? Hi, There's no greater there's no greater truth advertisement. There's no greater gospel advertisement than that. Than the testimony of a changed life. By the word. The washing of water by the word. You say, I used to know the person. Very fearful. Always anxious. Always timid. Now, look at the person. Bold, confident, full of grace. By the word. And they begin to say, what are you using? Yeah. Now, back where they use ooh, The word of God. Now, my medicine. Hallelujah. Yeah. Prophets appear to all. My secondary schoolmates know me. Or oh, they knew me. My university mates, they knew me. They can see what the word has meant in my life. The word. Not connection, not placement, not even parental bringing. The word. The word. There are principles to profit from scriptures. And you must learn them. Mark chapter 7 and verse 13. Jesus says, because of your traditions, you make the word of God ineffective. You make the work of God of non-effect or of no effect. You see, there are many Christians who are combining the word and many other traditions. Combining the word and many other philosophies. Combining the word and many other ideologies. No. One will cancel out the other. So I don't know why the word is not working. Maybe you are mixing it with tradition. You have carrying your village mentality, you add it to scripture. Some of the things you call Bible interpretation is village mentality. Some of the things you call sin is in your village that is a sin. According kind to of scripture, is not easy. But it's not profiting you because you have mixed with your tradition. The tradition of men. You're not gonna profit from the scriptures if you don't understand the principles of prophets. And adhere to it. The Bible in itself is profitable. The scripture in itself is profitable. We read that in 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The question is, what are you doing with it? The scripture is profitable. What are you doing with it? If you record a loss after hearing the scripture, the fault is not with the scripture. The fault is with your hearing. The fault is with what you are doing with scripture. The scripture is profitable. The preaching of God's word is profitable. The reading of God's word is profitable. The saying of God's word is profitable. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. If you don't find profit, something is wrong with you. You need to adjust. Hallelujah. All scripture is profitable. You read Leviticus, profitable. Psalms of Solomon, profitable. Revelations, profitable. Numbers, profitable. James, profitable. Luke, profitable. All scripture. That the man of God might be thoroughly furnished. Anywhere you record a loss is probably because you have not given yourself to all scripture. You want to experience hundredfold profits? Give yourself to all scripture scripture. You want to experience maximum profit, give yourself to all scripture. Don't be doing scanty measures of scripture and be expecting maximum profiting. If you reap or if you sow spirally, what will happen? You will reap spirally. If you sow bountifully, you would reap bountifully. You can't be reading one verse every day and say it's not working. What are you talking about? One verse Come on, you can't be reading one book every year and saying it's not working. Come on, even as the students, how many how many courses do you do per semester? 8, seven, eight, nine, sometimes ten, twelve. You have to give yourself to lots of readings. You cannot say school has come. You attend lecture only once. You came out with a terrible result or you came out with a very low exercise intellectual capacity because sometimes it's not about your results. It's about the fact that your brain has been, has been rusty or low. Yeah. School is not just to give you a certificate, it's to stretch your mental capacity. It's not just to give you a certificate. That's why I tell people, don't just go to school, let school pass through you too. Let school go through you. Eh? Young ladies, young guys. You went to school for six years. And every time you shake somebody, your hands are shaking. Because it's a handshake. What did you do in school? You just go with your book. You didn't get people. You didn't socialize. That's not a waste of investment. It's not just about books. It's, you see, it's a developmental strategy. Amen. But even at that circular level, the prophet will only appear if you practice the principles. Glory to Jesus. The word of God, the scripture, can be compared to three things. The scripture is nutrition. As newborn babies babes, desire the milk of the world that you may grow thereby. Scripture is nutrition. You eat it. And if you eat it, how often should you eat it? How well should you eat it? How solid should be your meal? You cannot be saying, "I took one strand of indomie, and I don't know why I'm not full. I don't know why I'm sick. You took one strand of noodles. See, I took one soup, one spoon of pepper soup. I don't know why the cold did not go. One spoon cannot cure the cold." I took one 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 bite of bread. I don't know why the, the, my pain, my hunger pounds is still there. It's not working. It can't work. You are taking too little. The measure you are taking cannot profit you. The word of God is nutrition. If it's nutrition, how should you feed yourself with it? Be robust with your food. Eat well. Eat well. Eat well. Tell your neighbor, eat well. You can have access to the restaurant of God's Word and you are taking one bite. And said, say, I don't know why I'm still hungry. You took one bite, that's why. Say, I don't know why my immune system is not working. I don't know why I'm still tempted with all these little, little things. Of course, your, your defense mechanism is weak because your nutrition is poor. Say, the only food I eat is rice, but I don't know why I'm not growing well. All scripture. All scripture. Your, your, your nutrition must be a balanced diet. Amen. You can't be eating only rice and say, I, I, it's, it's not working. This food is a scam. Food is a scam. I thought they said that when I eat well, I will be healthy. I'll be eating rice, head rice morning, afternoon, night, midnight. And yet, I cannot see any nutrition that any nutritional benefit of the food. Yes, rice is food, but all scripture, all scripture. The only thing you read is Psalms and Proverbs, Psalms and Proverbs. Are you so no more? Come on, Psalms and Proverbs, Psalms and Proverbs. You can't give Bible for four years. They gave you three. You, you don't still know you should buy a, a proper Bible. You have bought shoes, you have done photo shoots, the photo shoots. You have gone for excursion, you have never bought a Bible, and you are 24 this year. Come on, you answer it's not working, it's not working. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. The only time you are comfortable with sermons is when the topic is relational, relationship sermon, the mystery of love. Now, so your eye goes tan, come, come, con, con, your ear goes tan, You say that's one, that's the word, that's the word. That one you don't sleep for that kind of sermon. You now say, but it's not working. I've been hearing it every day for one year. The only person I listen to is Pastor Okong, what's his name? Pastor Kinsley. Oh, he's my favorite pastor. huh hey. All scripture. The book of Romans and the book of Revelations. I know you like Romans. But uh, plus Romans, plus Romans, plus Revelation. You need a thorough diet. Hallelujah. All scripture. The word of God is nutrition. The word of God is medication. The scripture is profitable. As nutrition, it is profitable as medication. People are sick, weak, infirmed. The solution is the scripture. The issue, however, is that they do not take the scripture according to the prescription of the physician. How did the physician say we should take the scripture? This book of the Lord should not depart from your mouth. Made it upon it night and day, day and night, night and day, day and night. That's how you make your way prosperous. That's how you're going to have good success. The profit of scripture is only possible when you take it according to the prescription of the physician. The physician says, night and day, you are doing once in three weeks. Say, it's not working. How can it work? Night and day. Psalm chapter one and verse one, there, uh, so verse three thereabouts. He talks about the blessed man, and then towards the tail end, he says, "Upon the Lord, the Lord he meditates day and night, day and night. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water; He leaves will not wither. That's the prophet, but it's night and day, day and night." <laughs> That's the medication prescription. If you do it another way and say, it's not working, what are you talking about? If you don't do it the way they say you should do it, it will not work. Day and night, night and day, consistency. The word of God is nutrition. The word of God is medication. The word of God, number three, is exercise. Exercise. Listen to me. Many of you have accumulated Excess luggages, traditions of men, ideologies of men have become weights on your shoulders, loads and burdens. You need to shed it off by the word. You can't go to the gym for one day and say it's not working. What do you mean? You go to the gym, after one week you say it's not working. This is because I'm 15k. It's not working. See my stomach is still big. One week? It took you eight years to get there. You want to remove it in one week? Come on. Come on. The scripture is profitable. But it is nutrition. It is medication. It is exercise. Those are the principles that make it profitable. Do it as exercise. Exercise yourself to distance. Anybody doing exercise has to have a long term plan. You can't do it short term and complain that the exercise is a scam. You can't be dieting, abstaining from certain foods that probably make you fat and obese. And after one week say, it's not working. I thought I would see instant changes. Except you will be deceived by medication sold at the bus stop. You know all those medications that they sell at the bus stop? They say if you drink it today, by tomorrow it will clear. Why will it clear by tomorrow? Some things do not clear until you use again and again and again and again. You super saturate the system with it. Some things are chronic infections. Until you treat consistently, consistently, it doesn't go away. The Bible is medication, nutrition, exercise. That's how you profit from it. Hallelujah. But the greatest pointer to the profiting of scripture is that it is supposed to be consumed by your heart. The Bible is meant for heart consumption. The Bible is meant for heart consumption. The Bible is nutrition. However, until nutrition is broken down and gets into the blood vessels, it does not profit. You you can can put a bowl of eba in your mouth until you chew, mix with saliva, swallow down, it enters your stomach. It, it's broken down by enzymes. It enters into your blood It travels around your organs and your systems. It is not profitable. You must get the word of God into your heart. Thy word have I hidden in my heart. That I may not sin. The only sense of getting the word of God into your daughter is to eventually get it into your heart. The essence of getting the word of God into your ears, eventually gets it into your heart. The essence of getting the word of God into your mouth, eventually gets it into your heart. The real goal is the heart. Is the heart. Proverbs 4, verse 20. Look at how the preacher says it here. Proverbs 4, 20, to verse 22 thereabouts. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings let them not depart from your eyes you see began from ears then eyes keep them in the midst of your heart then we talk about the prophet, for their life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh you can't say the word is not health to my flesh when it has not entered your heart you can be feeding eating and it never gets into your blood vessels never gets distributed to other parts of your body apart from your mouth and say the food is not working well it's not entering the right places hallelujah medication does not work in your mouth especially if it is orally ingested so the faster way is to put it straight into your blood vessels it works faster like that because until it enters the blood vessels and distribute distributed to where it belongs. It's not going to profit you. Many people receive scripture like people who chew on some medication and spit it out. You chew, spit it out. You don't swallow. You say, but I, I put it in my mouth. He didn't swallow. He didn't swallow. How is it supposed to profit you like that? He said it was bitter. When I put it in my mouth, it was bitter, so I spit it out. But I, I I put it in my mouth. That's what we do to church. That's what we do in conferences. That's what we do in Bible study. We attended, but there is no... Administration that penetrates the heart. Because we are so distracted. The preacher is preaching from his heart, hoping that the audience receives into their hearts, but alas many times it only stops in their head. Then we say, where is the prophet? Scarce. Because he did not enter the heart. Keep them in the midst of your hearts. Until the scripture enters your heart, you no know, go see the prophets. Look at it in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 6 to 9. Same emphasis, different expression. And these words which I command thee these day shall be in your heart. And he begins to tell us how you can get it to your heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. If you don't teach it, Learn it, hear it diligently. It it's not going to get into your heart. We tell people, pay attention. Attention is not cheap. You have to pay. Pay attention. Pay attention. If not, it's not going to get to your heart. Casual listening, casual hearing, double-mindedness. Some people say, I tell them someone. But when you begin to check, where's the prophet? Nothing. Why? It didn't get to your heart. It didn't get to the heart. The parable of the sower. The sower sowed the seed. But there was no understanding which is a function of the heart. The devil came and stood it. If it doesn't get to your heart, it's a waste of words. It's a waste of sermon. It's a waste of preaching. It's a waste of quotation. It's a waste of confession. It's a waste of hearing and seeing. Teach it diligently to your children. Then talk about them. When you sit in your house. Wow. Two days ago I was praying. And the Holy Ghost created a picture in my heart that was very sober. And he began to ask me, he said. Do you wonder if in the many houses that claim to be Christian homes, my word is the conversation or another word? Hi! He said that my heart broke. He said, do you ever wonder? He said, and I, I began to understand that he, he hears every conversation in every home. Somebody carries sticker, Rema taco, Home of Blessed, Good for the House. But every time they talk in that house, the Word of God is not in the framework of the discussion. It's not. The Bible is a book meant only for Sundays and Wednesdays and maybe Fridays. We want to hear it once a week and we say it will enter our hearts. How can it enter our hearts if we don't talk about it in our house? What you say at home is what you are concerned about. What you say at home is what you have interest in. What you discuss with your friends is where your heart is. Uh huh. The word is not working. The word is not working. The word is a scam. How are you administering this? How are you using the medication of the word? Do you diligently learn it? Do you talk about it when you sit, when you are settled, when you are relaxed, when you want to rest? Do you talk about it in your house? He asked me that question, my heart broke. So many houses claim to be Christian homes. But when I come to hear what they are talking about, I don't find my words on their lips. Hey! My heart broke. And then we say, the word is not working. What have been trying to do? It is not working. What are you talking about? And then God brings his book and shows you. We will say that we are the one that failed. The word of God is settled in heaven forever. It never fails. Scripture cannot be broken. But many times we do not administer it into ourselves the way we ought to. And so... The prophet is in it too. And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou lies down, and when thou... Rest, he says, let it be the entirety of your life. You're standing, the word. You're sitting, the word. You're gisting, the word. You're joking, the word. You're talking, the word. That's how it enters your heart. You can do it two hours every Sunday and since you enter your heart. If it does not enter your heart cannot profit you. This cannot profit you. We must become addicted, obsessed, slaves to the word. They must say, who they talk That's the only way it's going to enter our heart. Oh, yeah? That's the only way going to profit us. They must say, well, I want too much. Everything, Bible, everything the Bible says, everything the word of God says, that's the only way it's going to enter our heart. And that's the only way it's going to profit us. That's the way Jesus was. Do you ever imagine Jesus would see anything, think anything? Do anything outside the framework of scripture? Never. Never. I'm not saying everything he said was a quotation, verbatim of the scripture, but everything he said and did and engaged in had a scriptural framework. If they asked him, why did you have to Give me a Bible verse that supports that thing, he could say, well, this verse supports it. That's how it entered his heart. Hallelujah. Verse 8. Now shall bind them for his sign. Upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thy eyes. Everywhere you go, you must see it. Everywhere you turn, it must it must be a reminder. You must not forget it as you how do I know it's not in the heart? It is easily forgotten. People show excitement in church when the someone is preached, who may shout, who may give dangerous seats and big tithe and offering. But if the word does not enter the heart, there is no profit. And the way, see, because the word is a spiritual entity or a spiritual reality, people think that they will not have to labor diligently to administer it. Look at the labor involved. Go back to verse 6. The first thing he speaks about, being in your heart, go to verse 7. He uses diligently. You can't be lazy around the world and expect it to enter your heart. Mm-mm. You can't be. And if it not enter your heart, there will be no profit. So he says, be obs- obsessed with it. Surround yourself with it. When you are in your house, talk about it. When you are walking by the way, talk about it. When you lie down, talk about it. When you wake up, talk about it. That's the only way I can administer it into your heart. That's the only way the medication will work. That's the only way the nutrition will work. That's the only way the exercise will work. If you don't do it like that, forget about it. There are many who are accusing the Bible, pointing fingers at the Bible. It did not work. The Bible say or the pastor say and yet it did not work. And I did it though. Why you check? How did you do it? You see, ah, this was not the prescription of the physician. Hallelujah! Amen. Hallelujah! Amen. Repetition, consistency. That's how to get the word into your heart. That's how to get the word of prophecy. Repetition. If you don't do it repeatedly, repetitively, it's not going to profit you. If you hear it once in a while, it's not going to profit you. If you do it once in a while, it's not going to profit you. This book of the law must not depart from your mouth. Meditate upon it night and day. Night and day. And upon its law, it meditates night and day. Con- it's in the consistency. The profit is in the consistency. You cannot afford to take breaks from scriptures. You cannot afford to take a leave from scripture. You are on a vacation, scripture. Many people took breaks from scripture. They said, we are on holiday. So for two weeks they didn't read the Bible. They said, we are writing exams. For two weeks they didn't read the Bible. They have not recovered. The disease they accumulated in that two weeks period, they have not been able to fix it. The infections that was that that, that bombarded their life after that two weeks, they have not been able to cure it. You cannot afford to take a great from scripture. This book of the law must not depart. Must not depart. Mind and day, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the man of God. Night and day, consistency, repetition. That's how it enters your heart. That's how it profits you. Bible reading is the all time low now, all time low. We have all the gadgets, but we still don't read it as we ought to. Night and day. Mm -hmm. Talk about it when you wake up. If you don't read it, how can you talk about it? You can talk about a book you don't read. You don't know the book. I always say it again and again. Many Christians are loud. Many Christians watch flow when the subject is politics, sports, movies. Once the subject is Bible, they become quiet Christians. They can no longer talk about it. Why? They don't read the book. When debates are going on online, they say, mm, contribute, say something." You can't because you don't read the book. When terminologies are used, theological terminologies are used. They, can, they don't, cannot relate with it. Because they don't read the book. But any other, you t- know, VAR, you know, division two. Some ladies are looking at me like, what's the, uh, because you don't read that book, the book of soccer. You can't relate. There's no way. Some Christians, you say, you say consecration, they hear concentration. Yeah. They can't relate with Bible terms. They can't, because they don't read the book. You say sanctification, they have no idea what that means. You say of Holiness, they have a popular concept of it. They don't know what it really means. They cannot engage in Bible conversations because they don't read the book. It's a problem. Preaching has become so hard as I go about my eternal ministry. I see how hard I can't even quote it anymore. Because you quote the scripture, it's not in the Bible. So you have to open it. So let us open our Bible. So that you can see there. But people don't read it. So hard to us. Preach, just talk. You are making reference to a scripture. They don't know it's windy. They, they have never heard it before. That one said, "It is." It's like a lecturer comes to the lecture hall. Today is Monday. We gave you a handout to read. Stoney is whenever We come, we we'll just discuss. But nobody read the handout, so he came. He's quoting page forty-four. He say, eh? "What is he talking about?" We did not read the handout. We didn't read. So difficult to the preach. They have to be opening. Let us open our Bible. Some of them with their e-pads will now be loading. Pastor, pushing load. If you are there, say wait for me. Wait, wait for me. Yeah. If you are there, ah, can we just talk? <laughs> can we just talk? It's a problem. Hallelujah. Yeah. Nutrition, medication, exercise. By repetition, by consistency, until it becomes your default mentality. Ah, yeah. That's the zenith of life. That's when the word becomes flesh. It becomes your default. You won't have to think about it to act out scripture. It will flow naturally. You have conditioned and configured your life to submit to scripture. Everything you do just flows in the direction of scripture. It just flows. Your life is conditioned. By serious repetition. Serious indoctrination. Consistently, having it day and night, saying it day and night, talking about it night and day. Inculcating it in every conversation. The conversation is politics, we find a way of putting scriptures inside. The conversation is movies, we are watching a movie, we we'll find a way of putting scriptures inside. My wife knows if I'm watching a movie. Her, and I see something, this oh, do not the Bible, we know the Bible. This is what the Bible says. I also explained many so called Christian movies are more anti biblical than Quran. I'm not gonna watch a movie where somebody is, is sitting now, a demon. And the person is, Holy Ghost the demon came. And the person said, in Jesus' name, go away. And the man said, no, I will not go. Huh? Bible and verse. Chapter and verse. Where, where in the Bible did that happen? Where in the Bible? A Christian? Holy Ghost came. I mean, how many of you believe that kind of thing? See, you know, there are, there are levels to this thing, so. There are rankings. Rankings? That's why you cannot free scripture. A ranking that makes scripture to break? God punish that ranking. Ranking when they break scripture? Let me say it again. God punish that ranking. If you cannot confirm the scripture, I don't want to. It doesn't amuse me when I see those things, when I hear those things, you hear a so-called Christian song. This is not scripture. Come on. There's no Bible, uh, there's no verse that supports this kind of sentiment but that's what many people are feeding on there are three pointers from scriptures three portions of scriptures that teaches us how to profit from scriptures I will show you very quickly I don't have time here the first is Colossians 3.16 look at this Look at this. I would like you to really pay attention here. Enough of just hearing scripture and there's no profit. It's high time we begin to suck out, squeeze out, exploit all the profits available in scripture. I don't want to do another morning devotion and just waste my time. There's no point. I'm not reading for a Bible quiz competition. I'm not reading to pass a Bible school exam. I want the profit of scripture. I was in a Bible school exam, I was ventilating. somebody was cheating. Bible school exam. See, my Judah, forget that one we shall pass, and we will pass. in Bible school exam, you see, Chiti, you are carrying a small. But Bible school exam, Bible school, oh, you know, who fear God. Different, different kind of nonsense. Did that, teach you time too? dig it? you were too busy writing. You do not, you not look around. We are telling the same Bible school. Okay, you didn't know she went to Bible school. Now you know. You're the best student that we make our farm system. Let the word of God, let the word of Christ rather dwell in you richly. Everybody say richly. The quantitative measure that allows for profiting is described as richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, what is the point here? We've said that the Word of God must be consistently administered into your heart. Consistently administered into your soul. But how can we get the Word of God to a point where it is now richly? How can we get there? The only way to get there is to ensure that every tunnel that supplies information to your mind is something that the Word of God can use to enter your heart. I will explain. The Word of God cannot dwell, or the Word of Christ cannot dwell in you richly if you only read the Bible. For you to dwell richly, every channel available, hearing channel, speaking channel, meditating channel, watching channel, must be supplying scripture. If the only time scripture is supplied in your soul, you wake up in the morning with your devotion, it can't dwell in you richly. So to explain the diversification of the channels, Paul gives you a clue. He says, for instance, Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Such that even in listening to music, the word of God is being pumped in. Hallelujah. Many Christians listen to music more than they hear the word of God. But that will will not be a problem if the music they are listening to is word-based. It's not a problem. The problem is that they hear the Bible for 15 minutes, they listen to music for 15 hours. And the music they are listening, even though it's called gospel song, it ran low and bad. So, although they are doing many spiritual activity, the Word of God does not dwell in richly, because they have not maximized every available channel. You, you must maximize the channels to get the Word inside you. I have a television at home. I play games on it. I watch for God on it, but much more than that, I hear sermons from it. I hear sermons from it, I hear sermons from it. I have a phone, I make calls with it, I chat with it, I write with it, but much more than that, I hear sermons with it, I read scriptures from it. Every available, you see, everything you have that can be a supply to your mind must be wired to supply scriptures. Imagine if all of our singing was word-based. When we have music concerts, it will also be a word impartation meeting. Because if we do music, music concerts, and all the songs are word-based, all the songs are just scriptural songs, not everyone help those that help themselves live it. you hear the lyrics of the gospel of so you just laugh? Materialism. Agomeka, 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 you, you go America, you go, I, you go America. Goodness me. Somebody does all men for that kind of thing. You know I I God, God's concert. is <laughs> Then he wakes up getting angry that he has not made it. Conventiousness, greed, now begins to plague his soul. You know I say? I don't know what's wrong with me. I know what's wrong. You we know, I I dance you, you dance like that, sing with that song like that. And any small problem, you say, I don't know why I know they may come on. Why are you no who else? You fed your soul with dragons. He says gospel music, gospel drama, gospel movies. What are you doing? Every channel that is feeding your mind must be able to supply the word. Supply the word. Supply the word. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The Psalms probably are like the most quoted parts of Scriptures in the Gospels and even in Acts. The Psalms—they were always quoting the Psalms because the Psalms, yeah, were songs, but they were spiritual songs. Come on, they were scriptural songs. It's a shame, really, that we are not maximizing these tunnels. Everything has been abused. We can do better. One of the greatest tools of teaching in Jewish culture are songs. Even we grew up learning many biblical etiquettes and biblical verses just by singing a song, a rhyme, a poem. Many of these we learned as morals, songs. I love Jesus, I love Jesus. He's my friend, he's my friend. He will never leave me. That's eternal salvation. <coughs> he will never leave me, he's my friend. In that simple, that song is more biblical than many of the hit songs of your celebrity musicians. More accurate, more doctrinal, as simple as it song, He will never leave me. If that's all I remember, that Jesus will never leave me, according to the scriptures, he will never leave me nor forsake me, I can get comfort and hope by that song. How many songs really give comfort and hope? They give greed, they give competuousness. They make you feel you're not, you're, you're, in fact, they make you feel you're a, a failure in life. You, say go maker, you go make her. You go make her. You go buy him. You go buy You should go driver, You go driver, You hear that's all your life. <laughs> you now you now wonder why you are jealous when somebody else succeeds. How would you not be jealous? Look at what you your soul with. That song I just I just write them now. You know day. I'm just telling that if I want to do this kind of business, today I feel just I will start about Give me key. Give me key. I'm not in law. I go to the studio. I can I can you know it's, it doesn't even require any intellectual genius it's the cheapest nonsense to write just groove. bang 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 That's just noise are you work. when you hear it's no substance in it psalms and aims and spiritual songs who flood our minds with those kind of things come on we are full of the world let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How can I dwell you When every channel of my impartation is word-based. 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 I'm not saying you should only watch Christian movies. I'm saying even when the movie is communicating a philosophy, the scripture is your shield. You are deflecting and separating things. I say, no, 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 no. No, no. Hallelujah! That's the life. I'm not saying the only school you should go is Bible school. Now I is it's not a Bible school, amen? But what is not a Bible school, amen? Even seminary college, is not a Bible school. Amen? It's just a theological school. They learn Greek there. They learn many other things. They learn music. But... As anything is coming in, you are are narrowing down. It's not scripture, it's not going to stay. It's not going to stay. stay. I should say before I continue, the early church profited from scripture, not because they had a Bible. The early church didn't have a Bible like that. Think about it. Think about it. Paul says, I commend you unto God and to the word of his grace. This is Acts 20. And I think it was 28. Or is it 32 now? I commend you unto God and the word of His grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. And when He said that He did not drop a Bible with them, He said, this is the word of His grace. I take, I commend you." Unto them. No, no, no. All that they had was the remembrance of what He had said. They had no phone recorder. So when record they called his word, too. but because what He said entered their heart, they remembered Jesus didn't go about carrying a Bible in his ambit. That word have I hidden in my heart? How can we have the advantage of documentation and still, have, and still misuse it and still underutilize it? What are we doing? Some of them have clothes and parchment but the bulk of them, all they had was a heart that retained the word. That's all they had. We have it in online, offline, extra line, solar line. All translations, all versions, original manuscripts, fake manuscripts. What are we doing with the word? Where is the prophet? Second scripture here that explains the prophets of the word. Matthew 13. The parable of the sower. i us start from verse 20. Let's see the seed interpretation. But he that received the seed. Okay, start from verse 17, I think, or 18. Hear yeah, therefore the parable of the sower. Everybody say, hear yeah, therefore. Louder, hear therefore. hear therefore. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word and anon with joy received it. Yet he had no root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received seed among the thorns, is he that gave up the word. And this is my emphasis. Because I think this is the level that is common in our generation. He that received seed among the thorns, is he that gave up the word. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. Certain things can choke the word. Tell your neighbor, let the word breathe. The word breathe. Don't choke it. Certain things can choke the word. You've got to know what chokes the word. And avoid it. And abstain from it. And remove it. He that hears the word. Or he that receives seed among tongues. that hears the word. And the care of this world. The care of the world. Put this in another version. I'd like you to see what care of this world means. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. This is why the world doesn't profit. You today worry over things when no good contribute to your eternal destiny. Now you go worry, 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 worry. You go choke one, choke one, one, no go breathe. Worrying about ephemeral things. Look at the worries of this life and the layer of worlds. I was talking about covetous music. You see, people don't, you see, people think I'm an extremist when I talk like this. You know, it's the same, you know, interestingly, the same emphasis of secular song, same of gospel songs. The secular song is singing, Again, money pass your papa. I get money pass your mama. The Christian, Mr. Chachisiki, Agomeka, make Agomeka, it's the same thing just said in different languages. <laughs> the law of wealth. The of wealth. Conventious, greedy, unstable, anxious, depressed believers, the law of wealth. Believers who, in the day that they don't have money for luxury, they feel like the worst of humans. Money for luxury, not money for basics. Money for luxury. They feel like they, was, they feel like God is unfaithful, and God, I serve you, and I cannot buy data, provide data for me, God. Data, data. What if we were born in the 80s? So this is we call. We cannot do without them. We cannot do without them. And of course, I have to admit, some societies have wrapped their lives around these issues. Like some of you get to hear of some news at your workplace online, WhatsApp group. No work to do. Now WhatsApp group will be here. So, agree if you don't have data, you are able to access such information. But many of these we exaggerate and act like we can't do without them is because we are we are rich, honestly. Because they are rich. I remember, <laughs> my house. When the uh, GSM came out, GSM, and I have the picture of my father buying the SIM card. SIM card of 40,000 years SIM card, Econet wireless, 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 then Motorola, that was a Motorola, it used to have an antenna, <laughs> one day I did a stupid thing, it was very stupid, actually. I remember my father had the Motorola phone. When, he, when the phone came away, I was angry. because like, it's not phone. Why are you? Why are you harassing it like this? I said, it's not phone. So one day, it rang. What was Motorola's to ringtone again? I forgot it. But it has one very interesting, customized ringtone, Motorola. Motorola. And then he ran out from the bedroom, almost naked, to pick the call. And I was laughing. <laughs> Daddy, what is this? It was stupid <laughs> Thank God my father was not Noah. will have cursed me. <laughs> he will have cursed me. Glory to God. Yeah. The Lord wealth the worries of this life. Worry. People, people worry. In just they are not listening because they are worrying. The problems that they are worrying about, if they listen, they will receive solutions for the problem. But they, they don't know, so they are worrying. Why are we not focusing on the repeat? I was worrying about. Why don't you focus on the world and receive solutions for the problem? No, you'll be worrying. Many people don't profit from the world, profit from the scriptures because of this issue. But what I've discovered as the greatest choker of the world in our generation is actually entertainment. I don't believe that when Jesus spoke these words, there were many varieties of entertainment available. I don't believe. I believe that our generation has learned to multiply entertainment. We are the most entertaining generation that ever existed. I mean, the professions of entertainment now, think about it. Somebody can be a billionaire playing ball. Under the Roman Empire, it was not possible. you a billionaire, what is your, what's your career? You play ball. There were sportsmen in the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire began the Olympic Games, by the way. But do you know that crown? It was leaf. You have not watched old school movies. Leaf of, of crown. They put crown as leaf. That's there's no monetary no attachment to it. They will go to that massive, like a stadium. Some of them will fight with beasts. Wrestling, athletics were the popular games then. There was no soccer. But to think that sportsmen will be earning 300,000 pounds a week. Impossible. We are the entertainment generation. We have, we have learned how to combine words of this life and lay of work together. Entertainment, for instance, like sports, is somebody inventing a problem that does not exist and making people watch it. Do you know that whoever wins Chelsea you or marry you, it doesn't solve anything in the world? But somebody invents a problem that does not exist, and make people pay towards it. Brilliant. <laughs> so, if, is the, whatever happens to that ball, whether it enter the net or does not enter the net, the crisis in Israel and the Palestinian state will not end. Dollar will not increase in value, Naira will not swell up because of what happens to that ball. But you see millions affectionate towards a problem that does not exist. <laughs> Sorry, the why you have worries of life. It's not even on things like what shall we eat. That's a level. Matthew six speaks about that. It, the cares of this life, like what shall we eat? I'm telling you that for entertainment. Somebody watches a movie that is not real and is worried. They will not catch him. The person is supporting is an in the movie. It's like I don't want him to catch. Him. It's having high blood pressure over a movie that the person that acted it like has cast out. He's not having hyper-pleasure. Say, hey, what's <laughs> your own way? ah! Hey! The worries of this life. Problems that don't exist. Someone is anxious. Because worry here means anxiety. He's, he's he's investing his emotions into it. Hey, hey, hey. I hope they will not catch him. Hey, I hope he will not rape her. It's a movie. Amen. It chokes the world. Why it chokes the world is because the emotional energies that is invested in those mundane, ephemeral things should have been directed into absorbing the world. But alas, it is deflected. The phrase cares of this life in your original Greek refers to distractions. You're supposed to invest your energies into absorbing the world, but no, you spread it into things that does not even matter. Problems that does not going to exist, you put your energies into it. Come on. Are we still together here? Entertainment. What entertainment does as a choker is that it rewires your mind. There's a rewiring of the brain. You see? And the brain is, that, is like that. People who enter neuro, neuroscience and neurology and the study of the brain can attest to this. The brain can be wired into patterns. That's why you can develop habits by repetition, that your brain already knows what to do. The person on the keyboard, by virtue of consistent playing, his brain has been rewired towards those keys. So he can do it to a point where he doesn't have to look at it. By rewiring the brain, the brain can see even when his eyes is not seen. Are we still together here? What happens when we expose our hearts to excessive, that's the word, excessive entertainments that become distractions to the world, is that our brain is rewired to delight only in ephemeral pleasures. What that does is that, number one, it steals the appetite of the world. I was asking my wife to help me Google how drugs make people lose appetite for food when i mean drugs i mean illegal drugs like cocaine and all those other you know what's what's the right term for it hard drugs people on igbo see they sleep they don't chop the when they get high they don't chop the what happens is that there's a part of the brain that is supposed to pass signal to the stomach that says you are hungry that part of the brain is suppressed by exciting it excessively, the pleasure from that end suppresses the appetite signals. And then the person can be on the go and he will not eat, and he will not know that he has eating. He will not remember that he has eating. That's what happens. When people are doing the excessive entertainment, they forget they have not read the Bible, their brains and minds are rewired not to have an appetite for the bread of life. Excessive entertainment is a plague. It's a plague. People don't know. So appetites are stolen. The Christian is supposed to have an appetite for the word. Are still one baby's desire, the symbolic of the word. Appetite for scripture is supposed to be a natural thing. You're not supposed to be wind up encouraged to eat. If you don't eat, you die. You're supposed to just long for the word. Look forward to the world. Why is it difficult? Excessive entertainment has rewired the brain, rewired the mind. Do you know that it's more difficult to read the Bible today? Because most of us only read posts that have intriguing and suspense-filled themes. The headline is Ashawa in Belgium. You quickly open the link, (laughs) You read, you read, read. See, things are happening in this world. Your brain is being rewired to delight only in gossips, in rumors, in foul, in foul conversations, in vulgar speeches. So when you open the Bible, it is so boring to you. There's no suspense. Your brain has been rewired to only value and crave what has a suspense-filled theme. When there is unpredictability, you cannot predict what will happen next. That's, the only thing. that's what they're teaching your movies. That's why you stay down and move for two hours. What will happen next? After the you don't say there's part two, you go and download it again. Don't say there's season four, you download it again. Your brain is wired to say anything that is predictable, has no appetite for you. So when you're reading the Bible you have read before, you cannot enjoy it. I've read the Pastor, I don't know why the Bible is born, there. I know why. Stop watching movies. Because your brain has been rewired to only appreciate anything that has a suspense theme. So now that you already know after Joshua it is judges what is Joshua? you have no interest in it it's too so boring so too are you listening to me yeah. the cares of this world choke the word one last scripture and one last thing in my conversation tonight James chapter 1 and verse 22 to 25 but be do us of the word. Now the emphasis of Colossians 3 is getting every available channel of the word into your heart. The emphasis of Matthew 13 is removing what chokes toward. The emphasis of James chapter 1 is practice in the word. But be do us of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. Verse 23 please, read to verse 25. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straight away That's the issue, forget it. What a manner of man he was twenty five, but sover looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein you see that emphasis again continueth, consistency. He be not a forgetful hearer and look at the ultimate essence, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed. That's where the prophet comes in. Shall be blessed in his deed. Okay. Now the issue here, however, is that many of us are hearing the word. Many of us maybe are not forgetting the word. We are continuing in the word, but at this point where we are supposed to be doing the word, we always experience a challenge. I will, by the grace of God, exp- explain to you why many of us do not have the capacity to do the word. Why do I always fail to do the word? Why is it that when I do something against the Bible, I know that this thing is not supposed to be. I know. I'm not somebody who does not know. I know what the Word of God says about anger. I know what the Word of God says about fornication. I know what the Word of God says about stealing, about lying. But why is it that I'm not doing it? The answer is simply because if you expose your mind to anti-biblical information, listen, what it does is to supply you an energy to disobey the word. Listen, it takes a whole lot of energy to disobey the word. A whole lot of energy. To get Adam and Eve to disobey God, Satan had to pump certain energies, and he did it by talking. He exposed them to certain informations. Our exposure to kernel information, natural information, you know, ephemeral information, and information that are anti-biblical, what they do is to supply the energy to disobey the world. Are you following me here? For a Christian to disobey the world, it's a great work. Energy level comes by exposing his mind to anti biblical information, anti biblical songs. I don't know why I cannot just obey this Bible. I know the Bible, but to do it, I know why. You are stuffing your mind with energies that are contrary to scripture, negative energies are building. So you are giving yourself strength to say no to God. Oh, yeah, that's how many are not doers of the word. They know the world, they believe the world, they want to do the world, but at the point of execution they find themselves failing, because they have stopped their soul with negative energies. They hear only things that, con- that are contrary to the world. News, bad news, news of high reports, that's the first thing they read every morning. Music that communicates fear and hate. So when the word says love, they cannot love because the energy of hatred is much in their soul. They, they, they heard it from songs, they heard it from news, they heard it from arguments online, they heard it from gossip. If you, if you check the average, let me close because I don't want to continue. If you check the average newspaper page online and you read the comments and see the number of insult, Oh, bingo! You see the number of insults. Now, you can't be reading that. And not expect to respond to that energy. You, if you read that, you laugh. <laughs> see this comment, it's very funny. You are absorbing energy. And one day to manifest. One day you just say, Where is it? I'm a Jesu. <laughs> I'm a Jesu. Where is it? I expose yourself to one thing. But if can go manifest one day. <laughs> Are you listening to me? I'm done teaching. If you have a question, let's have that very quickly and then we'll take our offense. Any question, please? We are to pray. Five o'clock. And it's Sunday Thanksgiving service, Pastor Nee, Five Women from We trust that you've been blessed by this teaching. We look forward to receiving your testimonies, prayer requests, and feedback You can send us a mail at yahoo.com That is J U D A H M A Y E at Yahoo.com. Till next time, remain in the consciousness of God's word and power. Thank you.